Welcome to the L&D Career Club podcast, where purpose-driven people come to start and grow the L&D career of their dreams. I'm Sarah Canistra, an L&D career, business, and executive coach, and I'm here to take you on a weekly journey to create a seamless, energizing, and engaging L&D career blueprint so you can live a life of fulfillment, inspiration, and freedom. If you're here to find your first L&D role, move up the L&D ladder, or land that high-level L&D role you've been dreaming of, welcome to the club. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the L&D Career Club podcast. Super, super excited to have y'all here. I'm also very excited to have a guest on the show today. I feel like it's been a super hot minute. Um, I've actually been recording a lot of guest podcasts for my new podcast, The Good Learning Podcast, which will be launching, I guess I'll say it out loud so I'm held to it, we'll be launching in August. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. I'm really, really excited about that show. Um, But of course, this show is my baby um, and super, super pumped for today's episode. Also really pumped because next week on Monday, the 24th, we are kicking off L&D Career Summer Camp. So if you are not already enrolled in summer camp, what are you doing? Come and join us. Uh, we're having five full days, 30 plus sessions, 20 plus speakers, um, talking everything you need to know to completely revamp your L&D career this summer. So this is going to be unlike any virtual conference you've ever been at before. I talked about this in last week's episode, but For me, the goal of each session is that you walk away having already accomplished or completed something. So I know going to conferences, I'm this way as well, like you take in so much information, but afterwards it's like, okay, now now where do I start when it comes to applying? And how do I now apply this on top of everything else that's going on in my life, in my career, in my career transition, all of those things. So the goal of each session is you're going to walk away having already completed what the session was about. Of course, there's going to be things that you can do to add on, to continue to do. Uh, there's going to be some, you know, I'm sure uh, action action assignments and reflections. Uh, our speakers are incredible, so I know they're not just going to leave you hanging. They're going to give you more. But just know at the end of each session, you'll have already completed a piece of your L&D career strategy. So whether you're looking to transition now or later or just thinking about your next move or just want to be prepared for whatever that next move is, no matter what, you're going to uh, walk away with in every single session that you attend having already completed something. Uh, the benefit too of camp is that you're going to have access to the recordings for 30 days afterwards. So I know 30 plus sessions is a lot uh, to go through. So you can definitely feel free to kind of pick and choose which ones you want to go to live and then grab all of the replays for 30 days after. So if you are not already joining us, come on and join us. Go to the LND, um, LND, go to the overnighttrainer.com. Um, at the top of the uh, my webpage, you will find a little link that says LND Career Summer Camp and click on that and come and join us. We'd love, love, love to have you. Um, and speaking of the LND Career Club, speaking of LND Career Summer Camp, uh, we have not only a speaker for LND Career Summer Camp, but we also have our in-house mentor for the LND Career Club, Chris Skies, on today's podcast. So if you listen to today's podcast and you're like, OMG, I need more of Chris Skies, which I know you will because he's freaking amazing, um, you can come see him live in action uh, inside the LND Career Club. And he's also going to be giving us uh, a peek inside the LD Career Club at 
the L&D Career Summer Camp. We're going to give you um, access. Everyone gets access who's, who's coming to summer camp into what we call Mentorship Mondays. So every other Monday inside of the L&D Career Club, we have a Mentorship Mondays call with Chris. So it's really an opportunity for anyone who's a member inside that club to come in and get feedback from a real-life L&D leader uh, and to kind of have that have that person who's in it and in the trenches every single day be there to help give some mentorship, some coaching, and some feedback. So if you're inside of the L&D Career Club, you already know Chris because he's the best. And if you're coming to L&D Career Summer Camp, you'll get to experience a little taste of what Chris does inside of L&D Career Club. So excited. So Chris is a leader in the learning and development space so he was actually recently promoted uh which is exciting he's actually promoted after we, right after we recorded this podcast so i think he knew what was coming um because i kept listening to the episode back i'm like oh i can kind of hear what he's talking about a little bit uh, so we want to congratulate chris on his new promotion he is now a learning product manager at cisco meraki um, his focus really is on building relationships and bringing out the best in people so he has a ton of experience building award-winning learning experiences, scaling development programs, and measuring shared successes. I'm really excited for you to hear about Chris's journey, not only you know his more non-traditional path into learning and development and learning and development leadership, but also hearing about how mentorship has really, really played a role. Um, not just not just being mentored, but being a mentor has played a role in his career growth. And I know that with his new promotion, I can almost guarantee that uh, his capabilities as a mentor, as a coach, as a leader is what helped to lead him to success. So I hope you all enjoy this episode so much. Chris is such a amazing human. We are so lucky to have him on the show. We're so lucky to have him in the L&D Career Club. We're so lucky to have him in our field and in our industry. And I really, really, really appreciate him spending time with us today. So enjoy the episode. Chris, I am so excited to welcome you to the LED Career Club podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Sarah. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, super excited. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Chris is actually our in-house mentor for the L&D Career Club membership, um, and he offers a mentorship session inside of our club every other Monday. And we've done two so far as of when this is being recorded and possibly another one by the time this airs. But I just have to say, I just want to give you like such, I know I told you this privately, but now I'm going to tell you in front of thousands of people. Uh you're such an incredible mentor and the nuggets of wisdom you're able to a pull from people and then give to people is next level. So I just want to celebrate you for a minute for, you know, just a, your willingness to be a mentor, not just in the L and D career club, but across you know, our, our industry and, and be just celebrate how awesome you are at it, which is why I'm like, you need to come on the podcast. We need to talk about mentorship. So first I wanted to start off by giving you some, some kudos on that. And I want to, I want to talk about kind of where that wisdom comes from, right? Cause I don't think it's something that everyone is necessarily born with when it comes to mentorship or being a great mentor. So I want to talk, I want to take it back to your career journey. You started out with a career more in the marketing side of things, and you are now in an L&D leadership position. So can you walk us through your career journey and how you got to where you are right now in this moment? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I started off as a content person. That's kind of what I studied in school. 
that's what I enjoyed doing was content, writing, reading. I just loved being in that world. And that's kind of where I got started out. So I, I started in marketing, doing copywriting, web copy, newsletters, emails, things like that. Um, and it was really just kind of by accident, I got into L&D. So, you know, I'd, I'd been doing copywriting for a few years and I had a friend who was working at a learning startup. Um, and she said, you know, we need writers, we need content developers, come over and, and take a look at what we're doing. And so I, I went over and it was really an exciting environment to be in. It's kind of early in the e-learning world and, uh, you know, lots of creativity and just cool stuff going on. So I joined the startup and I just love that culture of like, you know, rapid prototyping and just trying ideas and brainstorming. And it was really a cool, fun, creative environment and like a great introduction to the L&D world. So from there, it's pretty organic, you know, because after a few years, that startup got acquired um, by GP Strategies, which was this big kind of global training company. And so then we transitioned from being in this kind of small startup world to being part of this kind of big global training uh, environment. And that was quite a shift. And I really learned a lot from that. And so I spent about 10 years at GP Strategies. And so we were on the vendor side. We did all kinds of learning solutions for big kind of Fortune 500 companies across the globe. So lots of compliance training, uh, you know, uh, instructor-led training, e-learning, like really the across the spectrum of, of different solutions there. Got to work with lots of different clients, lots of great teammates and, and interesting people along the years. Um, so I, I was a content developer. I moved into being more of a lead developer and project leader. Um, and then after a few years, I moved into kind of frontline management. So leading a team of content developers. So really great experience there. I love that. Um, but, you know, after I hit that 10 year mark, it was kind of like this milestone where I thought, wow, like maybe I should That's look around. Like, yeah. See, see what else is out there in the world. So um, that was in 2021. And I, I job market was good then. So I started looking around and that's where I, I landed at Cisco. And it was really just been a, a great fit for me, moving from kind of the vendor side to more of the internal um, learning team. And so here at, at Cisco Meraki, I, I'm on the product enablement team. So we focus really on like external customer facing learning. Um, so we're, we're teaching our customers how to get the most value out of our products. Um, and within that team, I'm the learning content manager. So I kind of work across different project teams um, keep everyone on the same page in terms of collaboration, communication, um, making sure that all of our solutions that come out are cohesive and consistent and really high quality. And so it's great. I love working with our teams. I get to work with a lot of different uh, people on different uh, products. And yeah, it's been really a fun and engaging uh, journey to be on throughout my career and, and just kind of continuing to just walk through those doors as they open up. Yeah, I love hearing the the evolution of that. And you know, the topic that we're we're focusing on today is the idea of mentorship. So I'd love to know, you know, in that wonderful experience that you just walked us through and the kind of like twists and turns and you know the 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 movement in your career, what role did having your own mentors play in your career journey and career success? Yeah, you know, I've always been super curious and that kind of gets to like why I'm, I think I'm in learning and why I just, I like getting to know people and talking to them. And a lot of business is all about relationships, right? It's just getting to know people and kind of building relationships and building trust. Um, so when I think of mentorship, that's kind of how I define it is, you know, a mentor is just someone I can go to and someone who I trust enough to go to with, you know, questions or, or times when I need advice. And so when I think about my career, like, I've had a lot of like more formal mentors, but I've had way more even informal mentors, right? Just like thought partners, people I, I partnered with and worked with across the years who I learned so much from. And that's why I loved kind of being in different teams and working with lots of different clients as it was just 
able to absorb so much from all these other experts I worked with. So that was kind of a huge step in my evolution. Um, and, and really, I think what's what's less commonly considered is like this peer mentorship. And that's been huge for me is just kind of learning from my peers and really like cross-pollinating ideas. I always just enjoy that, like digging in with people and being curious about what they're working on, what's going well for them, what's not going well, um, and trying to just learn from that. So that's played a huge part, I think, in my career. And then, you know, when I think more of like formal mentorship, like mentors have really helped me in times of transition. I think that's been the big kind of piece uh, where, where I leaned into my mentors. So, you know, when I started at a new company or a new role, uh, when I was working with new teams, or even when I moved from like individual contributor to being a manager, that's when like, I really relied on my mentors to kind of help me. Um, and I think there's really two things that they did for me in those situations. Like the first is like, really kind of helped me zoom out a little bit and think about the bigger context and kind of like check my blind spots and like just kind of walk them through my decision making process and have them either validate it um, or like provide good feedback on on like where I'm, you know, need to expand my thinking or, or like some other areas I could consider. So that was really important for me. Um, and then the second thing they did is really like help to accelerate those transitions, like getting up to speed, being the person that I could go to to ask those questions that kind of seem dumb in the moment, but are necessary, right? And just having the trust with that person where they can kind of walk you through it um, and, and point you in the right direction. So those really helped with those transitions. And I think that was key in like getting up to speed and like having some early success in the in the new role. I really, I really love how you, I wrote this down as you were talking, like redefined mentorship. Cause I think a lot of people think about it in terms of like, that formality, right? Like mentor, mentee, like this yeah. formal relationship and we shake hands and we agree on this relationship. And mm -hmm. I just really love how you, you, you took it from being something that's so black and white to saying like mentorship is actually on a scale and it's not, it, yes, it can be that formalized relationship where it is clear that I am the mentee and you are the mentor. But I feel like in most cases, there's actually kind of a, a reciprocity that could, that can happen too, especially as adults. Right. So I think it's yeah. different when you're, you know, in high school and you have a mentor and, <laughs> and, and, and you're, you know, your brain's still forming and you're, you're still growing, but I really love that you called that out because my, my, my next question for you was really around seeking mentorship, because I think it scares a lot of people to approach someone. So part of it, you've already answered of like, Hey, it doesn't always have to be that formal handshake. I'm, you know, I'm the mentee, you're the mentor, but it can be, but how, how do you go about seeking mentorship or how do you recommend people go around, uh, go about seeking mentorship, whether it's formal or more on the informal side? Yeah, that's a great point. Cause I think some of the best relationships and mentoring situations I've had is where either it wasn't clear who was the mentor or the mentee, or it kind of evolved over time. Like maybe it started out as one person being the mentor, but as our conversations evolved, like we really started to learn from each other. Um, and those were relationships that really were super valuable to me. So, um, you know, when I think about like seeking out mentorship, it's really for me like about relationships and like maintaining relationships. And so just like a really natural way I've developed mentors over my career is like keeping in touch with people and especially like former managers. Like that's kind of been my go-to. Like whenever I've left a team or left a company and moved on to something else, like I've always tried like actively to stay in touch with my former leader and just see what they're working on and see what they're doing. And it's a great way to get started because you already kind of have that relationship, right? And there's, there's some like, you know, foundation there. But then 
once you move on from the organization, like you can be a little more transparent with each other and a little more open kind of as humans, you know, and so you can start to like move the relationship to a level. It's a little deeper maybe than when they were your manager and you were kind of restricted to certain kinds of topics or things you could and couldn't say. And so those like former managers have like, they've kind of formed my, my board of directors. Like basically the people that I go to, that I talk to a lot in times of transition are, are former managers and former team leaders I've worked with. Um, so that's one way. Um, I would say another way, you know, are, are more formal programs. So we we do, I, a lot of companies do have programs and that is something you can talk to your manager about. Cause I think it's great to have a mentor outside of your direct kind of frontline manager, because that person's focused on the day-to-day -day and a lot of things that you're going through and answering questions, but it's great to have a mentor who can kind of zoom out with you. And so, so I think going to your manager, if you're currently in a position, they can usually help you connect with, you know, either an organization within the company or just someone that they know and have networked with that who can kind of provide you with a little bit different kind of relationship and guidance. Um, and then I would say the last thing I think of is just connecting with people in general. And, you know, LinkedIn is a great platform for that, especially when you think of peer mentorship is just getting to know people who have similar interests as you or similar careers as you and just kind of reaching out to them organically and not starting with, hi, would you like to be my mentor, right? But just kind of starting with, you know, getting to know them, getting to know what they're looking for in their career, and just kind of thinking about how you can offer each other value. And then I've found that a lot of times those relationships just kind of like organically evolve into kind of a mentorship situation. Um, so yeah, those are those are kind of three approaches I've taken that have all worked pretty well for me. Yeah, I think that last part's so important too, of especially if it's someone who you don't know who you want to seek mentorship from. You know, I kind of always equated to dating, right? Like you're not going to roll up with someone and be like, yo, give me your phone number, like at the bar, you know? It's like, whoa, okay, whoa, that's a lot. And so yeah. it's like, oh, get to know me, like buy me a drink, like let's, you know, let's let's talk for a minute. And then and then you you build that relationship. And it's I think the same thing, you know, there are so many people who want to mentor. Um, and many people who want to be be mentored, but it is that that more symbiotic relationship too. So I appreciate that that piece that you're talking about. And one of the things you've mentioned this word a lot so far since we've been talking is the idea of trust um, between, you know, mentor. That it really that's what make made a lot of your mentors so great is that you were able to to trust them. What besides trust? What what do you think made your mentors so great? You know, what traits or skills or approaches come to mind when you think about the great mentors you've had in your career? Yeah, I think I think trust is definitely important. And I think that's linked to relationships, which is probably another word I've used a lot. And just, I, I think all the, especially the mentoring I've done, like I've always been very just purposely focused on a relationship first, like getting to know someone getting to know what motivates them, like getting to know what's going on just in their life in general, as much as possible, just so I have the context of where they're coming from as like a human. Um, and we can kind of start to develop that trust. And so, you know, mentors have done that with me, you know, and so that's been a great, um, you know, characteristic. I think the other one, and I think this is just great leaders in general, but especially mentors are like really good active listeners. So they'll sit there and they'll kind of like, repeat back what you're saying and like summarize and like make sure you're on the same page. And I think that's how you build trust because that's what I love about active listening is because it's so clear that person is like tuned into you and they're dialed in, they're listening, right? And they're kind of, you're important to them. Um, and that's when, when people, like when you have those kinds of exchanges, that's when people start to open up. Um, so that like active listening is really important. Um, and then I would say another approach that's worked really well with the, the mentoring I've done is giving people options, like not necessarily jumping to, 
do X or do Y, but I, the great like mentors I've worked with have said, you know, I, I see maybe three options and they'll, they'll go through like X, Y, and Z. And we can kind of like talk through them, talk through the trade-offs, like the pros and cons of each, each option or approach, um, and then kind of let the person come to the decision on their own. Um, and that, that approach I love both ways, like is giving people options and just kind of talking through them. Because, you know, if you jump right to your preferred solution, like, uh, you're kind of like taking, letting the person off the hook a bit. And I want to keep people engaged and kind of thinking. And, and as long as we're clear on what the different trade-offs are across the options, like that's the, that's really the, the beauty of mentorship is like walking through all those things and then kind of letting the person decide. So that approach, uh, has always worked well for me. Yeah. And I think too, you, what I've experienced before in the past where I've gone wrong as a mentor is being kind of the person who's giving all the answers. And I think what happens is then your mentees become very dependent on you. Uh, and the whole point, I think, of mentorship is to help create that sense of independence for people and that independence thought, but knowing that they have you in their back pocket to bounce ideas off of or to help provide you know, a, a range of solutions that they can, that they can use their critical thinking skills. But mm -hmm. I love that you called that out as you know, great mentors don't just say, do this, okay, now do that and now do this. They say, they ask questions and they present possible solutions for you to really be able to, it will help you, help you co-create solutions too. So I, yeah. I love that piece of it. And one thing that really, really drew me to you and something that I respected, the first time that you and I chatted and something I respected so much about you was how you talked about, and we're very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like was very, you were very adamant about the idea that mentorship works both ways and that, you know, as a mentor, you're bringing something to the table, but that the mentee, there's also that kind of that reciprocity that we we're talking about, or, you know, meeting you, meeting you where in the middle somewhere too, to be able to create that great relationship. So as a mentor, what do you expect out of the people that you mentor? And and what is an example maybe of someone who has been a great mentee of yours? Like what, what traits or how do they show up uh, to the mentorship relationship that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that was really surprising to me at first when I started to move into, into like the mentor uh, relationships. And and I really started out by really just mentoring people who are new to our teams or new to our company. Um, and so it was kind of a way to give someone a person to talk to um, outside of their manager, right? And like I said, it's like sometimes easier to ask questions of a peer um, than it would be a manager. But what I started to realize almost immediately and was kind of surprised by, I was like, wow, like, I get a lot out of this relationship. Like, it's definitely two ways. Like, I'm learning a lot about this person. I'm learning about their approach to things, like the way that they ask questions kind of illuminates, you know, like weak spots maybe in our process or in our, you know, platforms or technologies. And so it's kind of like that, um, it's like that beginner mind that they bring to that. And they're asking these questions that maybe you haven't thought of even in years. Um, and they're like, well, why do we do it that way? Or, or why is this platform set up like this? Um, and so it really helps you to kind of like get that, that understanding. Um, in that context. So, so that's been, yeah, totally true for me as I've, I've developed those relationships over the years. Um, yeah, you know, when it comes to like someone being a great mentee, I mean, I think it's, it's about relationships. And uh, I think a lot of great relationships are built on like clear expectations. So, you know, typically as the mentor, I start off 
um, setting expectations and just, you know, just the basics around timing and frequency and, you know, agenda, what we're going to talk about. But I very purposely try to like set the agenda and then start like slowly handing things off to the mentee, right? So the first couple of sessions, I'm sending a full agenda out of just the things I'd like to cover and then asking if they have anything to add. And then each week I'm, I'm like handing one of those things off to them. So I'm like, so for next week, why don't you come up with, you know, this part or, or that part? Um, and, and really, I think then that helps them come prepared, right? Because that's the other big piece is you kind of get into these relationships, like you, you get out of them what you put into it, right? And so if you're just having, you're just showing up and kind of doing everything off the cuff, like it may not be as valuable as if you're really kind of thinking about it, like thinking about your week or your month and how it's going and like kind of taking notes along the way, uh, preparing in advance. And, and one thing I love what mentees do is kind of send me those things in advance. Um, so happy to just talk things off the cuff, but it's always great when they can just send me maybe the top three things they're thinking about or have questions about, and I can kind of think through it or track down some resources and like I can be my best self and like show up and be prepared on my end to like talk about those things and really walk them through that. So um, I think those are those are kind of the keys for me is, you know, setting clear expectations, um, slowly handing things off to the mentees so they kind of are empowered in the relationship and they can they can drive right and kind of steer the relationship in the direction they want to go um, and then kind of putting uh, into it as much as you can, because that's that's going to be very kind of directly correlated with what you each get out of it. Yeah, I love that. And and I, I think it's important too, and it, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about, oh, you talking about setting expectations, but I think also understanding not just expectations about, you know, when we're meeting and all of that, but like, what, what is this relationship as well? Um, and I think from a mentor's perspective, going into it, explaining to the mentee in terms of, you know, I'm not here to give you all the answers. I'm going to hear, I'm here to help, you know, coach you through them. And, uh, yes, I'll, sometimes I'll be able to provide you with some solutions. Other times we're going to be working through those together. And I think that's important because one of the things I personally see, and you can let me know if you do this too, it, when it comes to people wanting to be mentored, a lot of times it's very much, it, it can be very transactional, like help me with my resume or look at this, right? Or do this, do this thing for me. And so I think when it comes to showing up as a mentee, it's almost asking them to have a little bit more of an, an open mind as well in terms of what what the relationship actually looks like and, and, and moving away from it being so transactional to it being more an expansion of what their skills and capabilities are. So with that, with that in mind, how, how can mentees best prepare to make the most out of their mentorship relationship? Yeah, I like the point you're making there. I mean, if I had to classify it, like I would say the transactional aspect should be probably half or less of the conversations that you're having. I love that. I love yeah, giving like a, a little formula. <laughs> yeah, a little formula because you know it's you want it to be both ways and you really want to build a relationship. And I think at the at the end of the day, like it's really about the relationship and like tr transactional relationships in my mind are very defined and in some sometimes like go in one direction, right? And so I think the goal, I think for both people can be and often is very rewarding if it is a two-way exchange, right? And so that comes from just getting to know each other and kind of avoiding some of those transactional things, especially at first, um, in favor of just 
getting to know their goals, like getting to know how they think, like getting to understand what's really important to them. And so that's kind of where I would go with this, this answer is really like digging into you know, like that kind of self-awareness of like, what am I trying to get out of this relationship? And as much as possible, being able to share that. And so maybe like, that's a great place to start, right? Like you don't necessarily have to have all of that really well-defined, but I think you have to be ready and willing to like engage in that level of conversation of, you know, what do I want to get out of this? Like, where am I at in my life? Like what's going on? Because, you know, especially if you're job searching, like that can be like, oddly like emotional and kind of vulnerable that you're constantly putting yourself out there right and like you're getting all kinds of various types of feedback and you're probably getting a lot more rejection than you are acceptance and so um like a mentor is someone you want to go to where you can kind of like work through some of those emotions and some of these things that even even in just you know work life you know there can be a lot of emotions with with teammates and relationships and all the deadlines and the stress. And so a mentor is someone I think who you want to be able to kind of let your guard down with and like let some of those things go, be able to process through those. So I, I don't want it to sound too much like therapy, but there is kind of that component, right? Of like this catharsis of like, we're going to talk through this and like, I've got your back. I'm on your side on this and I'm going to kind of support you and, and kind of help you work through these things. Um, and you don't have to be so worried about me judging you or me being critical. And I think that comes from building that trust and building the relationship. And then it kind of can blossom into this place where you can both kind of let your guard down a bit and be more open, um, where it's hard to do that with, with other professional relationships sometimes. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like too, a lot of like what you're mentioning there too, a part of what you're mentioning there is that vulnerability piece, right? That, you know, and, it, and yes, it's not a, you know, a therapy relationship, but it, it I think the equation of, you know, if you're going into therapy, but you're not being vulnerable, it's going to be really hard for you to walk out, you know, as a, as a better version of yourself. And I think the same thing when it comes to a mentorship relationship of preparing yourself. I mean, even, you know, our first mentorship Monday call that we had inside the LD career club, like people were crying yeah. and I, not that I want everyone to be crying all the time, but you know, I, I loved, I, it made me, I hate to say it made me happy, but it made me it made me happy in the sense that I saw people who were coming to you were essentially stranger to them. But in that moment, that moment of connection, that relationship building happened so quickly that they felt open and vulnerable enough to be able to share what they were going through from a career searching perspective. And it was upsetting to them. And they allowed that to come out. And through that, we're able to work through some of the issues that were, were going on with that particular person, you know, their strategy. And so yeah. I love that part of the preparation is a, yes, having a, having a goal in mind as to, you know, what am I, I always say it's okay to be selfish in some of these things too, right? Mm -hmm. Like so mm -hmm. you can have a selfish goal around, okay, what do I, I want out of a mentorship relationship? And there are those kind of tactical things, but a big part of it is how am I showing up emotionally to this relationship? And am I, yeah. am I being vulnerable? Am I being honest? Am I asking questions or, you know, am I just trying to pretend that everything's okay? And I think the, the best mentorship relationships come from that, that vulnerability, both, both ways. Yeah. And, you know, one of the most powerful things you can say to someone is that's completely normal. Like what you're experiencing is totally normal. And I have this a lot when people are new to an organization or new to a role, they feel overwhelmed. They feel like they have so much to learn. There may be some imposter syndrome there. And it's so great to say to someone like, that's totally normal, right? Like, like everyone experiences that to some degree. And like, 
you don't need to panic. Like we're just going to work through these things as they come up. And um, I think that can just really validate people's experience and say like, okay, like I got this, we can work through this. Like everyone kind of goes through this process and that's why I have a mentor, right? Cause they've been there and they know this is normal and they can kind of help me just kind of work through it, you know? Yeah. I love that. I mean, and we talked earlier too about their, it being, having, being in a mentorship relationship has benefits to both parties. So when you think about you having been a mentor now for a while in, in your career journey, how has being a mentor enhanced your career and, and what benefits have you personally received from mentoring others? Yeah. You know, I, I kind of mentioned curiosity earlier, and I think that's been like a real just important uh, aspect of my career. And even why I'm in learning, I'm always curious about how things work. And I always want to learn about how things work and, and what makes people tick. Um, so I love working with people who are new because they really bring that fresh perspective. And part of what I do as a learning content manager is I'm constantly focused on process improvement and like platform improvement. Like how can we make these things better? And when you've been working with something for years, you kind of just accept right? Some of those things. And so when you have people come in with this fresh perspective, like they can really dial in pretty quickly on like, this doesn't make sense or why is it done this way? And really thinking about that. Um, and I, I love this, you know, this kind of old statement of when one teaches to learn. And I think that's really key, right? Because as I'm having to explain why we do things, like I'm really having to process through that in my head and think, well, why do we do it that way? And so I learn a lot from having to distill that down into some kind of hopefully like simple and logical explanation. So um, I've I've had just a ton of like, that's more like a tactical benefit of just approaching problems and thinking about what the bottlenecks are in our process. Um, I would say another benefit for me is that, like I said, I started out mentoring people fairly early in my career and mostly it was new people to our organization or new team members. Um, but for me, that was like a very natural progression to get into people management. Um, so I kind of started with one mentor and then added a few more. And then I became kind of like the go-to person for mentoring. Um, and then I helped to kind of, you know, lead our mentoring program. Um, and from there, it was very natural to then say, hey, are you interested in people management? Um, and, and for me, I felt more confident and kind of more prepared because I had essentially been you know, at that point, like, you know, the meeting, I've, I've been doing one-on-ones with mentees, right? I've been talking with people about their day-to-day -day and what was going on. I was digging into like what their motivations were, what they wanted to achieve in their careers. And so like a lot of those like first-time manager, um, you know, requirements, I had already checked those boxes off. And so it was a very natural progression to go into leading a team of people um, and really kind of like bringing this approach with me. And one of the things I did as a leader was try to institute a peer mentoring program and try to just basically partner people up and say, just talk to each other. Like we're all working on different projects, talk to each other, like share ideas, like talk about what's going well, what's not going well, and like learn from each other. Because I think a lot of times in these bigger organizations, we get in these silos. We don't know what our peers are working on sometimes. And there's so much overlap. And, and sometimes someone has solved a problem that you're facing and they can just help you with the solution, right? And so um, that was one thing I loved as a leader is being able to get those people connected and like talking to each other and learning from each other. And also kind of what we were saying earlier, like normalizing some of those like pain points, right? Like having to work with clients, like having to work with difficult deadlines, like budgets, things like that. Like they could kind of normalize that and say, oh, like this other person is experiencing some similar things. It's not just me right? This is happening uh, to others as well. 
Yeah. I know it's two things that you just said really, really stood out to me. One is that you started off mentoring early in your career. I think a lot of people think, oh, well, in order for me to be a mentor, I have to have done X, Y, and Z and moved into this position and have done this, this, and that. And so what I really appreciate you sharing here is that you, I, I always, what a mentor of mine actually used to say, she goes, you know, she was told this and so passed down. She said, you know, you should always have an older lady who, who mentors you and a younger lady who you mentor. And it's like at every point in your career. And, and yeah, obviously it doesn't have to be a lady, but you know, that was the way that she would put it. And so I, I love how you were showcasing there that even early on in your career, you, even if you were 10%, you know, ahead of someone, you know, that you were able to look at that and say, okay, you know, they're, 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 they're at zero right now. And I'm at 10, let me help them get from zero to 10 while I'm getting from 10 to 20. And so I really appreciate that, that call out there, because I think a lot of people are like, well, what, what can I mentor in? You know, I'm not a manager. I'm not a leader. I haven't managed people before. What do I bring to the table? So I really, really appreciate you bringing that up. And then the side of it being that foray into people management, because I get a lot of people too, who are like, well, I, I can't be a people manager. Like I'm, you know, I'm not qualified for that because I've never managed people. And I was like, well, have you mentored people? Have you coached people? Have you, you know, have people on your team that you've, you know, helped develop, even if it's not a direct reporting structure. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, well you actually have a lot of leadership capabilities and skills, yeah. even though you didn't hold the specific title of manager or people manager. So I, yeah. I really appreciate those two call outs in terms of when you can start your own mentorship journey and what that can actually look like and, and how that can really enhance your, your own career development. Yeah. You know what, Sarah, I, I have this kind of notion that I want to leave room to be surprised just in my life in general, but especially in my professional life. And I was very focused on development and being a developer, being in kind of the weeds on projects. And I thought I'm not interested in people management. But being a mentor was so rewarding to me in a surprising way that it kind of opened up my thinking and kind of opened up this door to like, wow, I really love this kind of human side of getting to know people and getting to know their motivations. And so I was really pleasantly surprised. And I think, too, one thing is that I've been working remote since 2014, so almost 10 years. So I'm a little bit ahead of the curve on that. And it can be very isolating when you're working remote. And what I loved about these relationships was it really brought in that like human aspect of getting to know people, connecting with people, not just talking about like projects and deliverables and milestones constantly, but just kind of chatting with people and getting to know them. Uh, that was such a refreshing piece of it for me. Um, so yeah, it really opened up this door into being more people focused. That was like a pleasant surprise. And I think it was something that I needed at that point in my career. I love that. And, and what I also appreciated you sharing too, was how, you were able to, even before you got into the people management role, you were seeing the benefits of mentorship so much then that you said, okay, how can we formalize this now a little bit more now that I am in a leadership role? So where do you see opportunities for organizations to make finding and becoming mentors easier and part of the culture? Yeah. I, I, I mentioned this several times, so it's probably not surprising to hear me say peer mentoring again. Like I think humans love to just learn socially. They love to connect with their peers and just, you know, kind of like turn to the person next to them and ask questions. That's so natural in the workplace. So I think the more you can connect peers, like it just has benefits for everyone in the organization. 
Um, I would say another place that I'm seeing a lot, especially here at Cisco, is the um, employee resource organizations, the EROs. So um, we have a lot of different EROs across Cisco, and this is like a really natural place to like find allies and find mentors. Um, so there's some great, like we have a, a like a Women of Meraki ERO where uh, there's like a formal mentorship program. There's a lot of other EROs um, where you can get connected to to people who you know you have something in common with. Um, who can mentor you. And those are like great places where people from across the organization come together. Um, they might work in different you know, lines of business. They may be lots of different uh, seniority levels within those EROs. So it's like this great kind of uh, place where all kinds of different people come together. And that's the point, right? We're coming together um, to kind of learn from each other. And it's just a very natural place where you can find mentorship. Um, so yeah, so I, I've seen a lot of that lately. And I think that works really well. I think that's a nice format. So uh, the more we think about like diversity and EROs and like link that with mentorship, um, it's a great place to find find people who think like you, but also people who, who think differently than you. And that's important too. Yeah, no, I love that. I'm finding that balance too. So I think that's really special. So putting your mentorship hat on right now, your L&D mentor hat on, what would you say is your number one tip for people who are in a career transition in the L&D space or co contemplating one or wanting to grow in their career, what is Chris's number one tip for people? Well, it's not resumes. It's not interview tips. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction. And for me, yeah. it's really about mindset. Like it is so important to just think about, you know, your mindset and your motivations for making this change and really get, get clear on that first. Um, so much now, you know, especially with the job market, the way it is, it's, you know, it's challenging and it's really a marathon for a lot of people. It's not a sprint. It's not something that most people are finding immediate success. Um, and even myself, when I wanted to make that transition two years ago, I mean, the job market was hot. I had lots of experience. I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted and it still took me months and months to find the right fit. And so I really needed that mindset of kind of like, like sustainable, uh, you know, success, just doing a little bit each day, moving towards my goal and not getting too up or down, right? Like kind of staying in the middle, not getting too excited about interviews, not getting too down on myself when I got rejected, but just kind of like keeping that steady progress, like coming back to my, my routine, like each day doing a little bit to move towards my goal and like knowing that's eventually going to pay off. But like I, I see a lot of people out there who don't have immediate success, like within that first month or two and get discouraged. And I think that's completely normal. You just have to think kind of the bigger picture. And I think getting clear on your mindset and like what's motivating you, um, you can kind of continue to fall back on that when things are challenging. Um, and then just keep taking those small steps. Like it might not seem like a big thing, but just find a couple things you can do each day to move towards your transition goal and just keep plugging away. And it, it may take three months or six months or nine months, but like eventually you'll get there. Um, but it's very normal that it's going to take time uh, and you're not going to see, I mean, certainly some people see immediate success and we should celebrate that, but many others, it just, it takes time. And I think you have to have the mindset to just hang in there and just keep going. I love that. I would say too, it's like, you don't know what's working for you behind the scenes too. All right. So I think what a lot of yeah. people do is like, they'll 
they, they don't hear something, you know, in two weeks or 30 days. And they're like, I'm going to completely exactly. switch up my entire strategy. And it's like, but you have actually yeah. given your strategy a full chance to even like work yet. Yeah. too. So I love the yeah. idea. You know, I, I always say that career transitioning is 90% mindset, 10% strategy. Like the yeah. strategy is actually the easy part, you know, t- finding a strategy that works for you that you can amplify, you know, that you can kind of an, a repeatable process. Um, but the mindset piece around it is that most challenging. So you are speaking my language. I love that. So I always like to ask people, since this is a podcast around learning and development, what is something that you are learning right now? Yeah. You know, something I've actually been thinking about a lot recently is product management. And, uh, I actually have to give you a shout out because I think Um, I listened, I believe it was your podcast with David James, you had him on and he actually talked about kind of like the product management mindset of just, you know, thinking about being data-driven, having really clear metrics, um, using an iterative approach, right? And kind of all these notions that good product managers um, are out there doing in the business world. And like, it really got me thinking, like, how can L&D learn from that approach? Um, and I really love the way he broke that down on your podcast. And so since then, I've gone out and looked into some of the resources he suggested. Uh, Miles Runyon is a big one. I've read his blog and just been thinking about, okay, like, how do product managers approach their processes? And like, how can we think about that in L&D, especially when it comes to like incremental value, right? Because I think one of the the things we see with L&D is we get so focused on projects and programs, kind of these big things take a lot of resources to develop, a lot of time, and then we launch and it's this big commitment, right? And like, how do we kind of like break that up, right? Like, how do we break that into smaller pieces of value that we can kind of like deliver, right? And like test, get feedback on, iterate on, and then keep delivering. And so that's been really super engaging for me and like really inspiring to think about that. So I've really been diving into like product management um, and just trying to like nerd out about that. And the great thing about working at Cisco Meraki is we have some of the best product managers in the world. So I've been trying to connect with some of the product managers here and just learn about their processes and their thinking um, and then try to tie that back your to mentorship. It. Every mentor needs a mentor. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And so how do we then tie that back to like the things we're doing in product enablement? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, that's where a lot of forward thinking progressive companies are. And I think L and D would, would do well to learn from that and kind of start to turn in that direction um, and think about how we can learn from that. Love that. So I know after this podcast, uh, people already know and love you. You have such a great presence on LinkedIn, share some amazing content um, on all things learning and development. Where can people find you and connect with you? All of those fun things. Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. Um, It's very easy to find me there. Um, You can also find me in the uh, L&D Career Club on uh, Mentorship Mondays, just a plug there, but that's been going really well. (laughs) I didn't ask for that plug, but I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I really enjoyed that because, you know, it's, I love just working with people who, you know, are engaged and and really motivated and I've loved working with the group. So that's a a great place to connect with me as well. So yeah, LinkedIn or in the L&D Career Club. Either way, um, that's probably the best best way to find me. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much. This was so impactful. And what I really hope people take away is a that it's never too early to become a mentor. And I think the best you know the best mentees are mentors, and it's you know has that there's that relationship. But also you know how to 
how to approach getting a mentor as well as, you know, how to show up to be the best mentee as possible and really understanding that it's a reciprocal relationship as well. So a lot of trust, a lot of relationship building, um, you know, some of that tactical stuff, but there's a lot, a lot of that mindset piece too, I think that comes in when it comes to uh, having a really great mentorship relationship. So Thank you so much for hopping on today. Uh, thank you for being such an incredible mentor inside the LD Career Club. You are the gift that just keeps giving. Um, and I can't wait for everyone to connect with you and see all the great things that you're doing. So thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. To everyone out there, just be curious, build relationships and keep going and uh, it'll pay off. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. I'll see you. Thank you so much for listening to the LD Career Club podcast. If today's episode sparked anything inside you, I would love to hear about it. Feel free to share your ahas and takeaways by sending me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram or by leaving a podcast review. And if you want more support on your L&D career journey, I invite you to join us inside the L&D Career Club membership, where we are redefining what it looks like to grow in your L&D career. Visit theovernighttrainer.com slash programs for more information and to activate your membership. See y'all back here next week.